We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, on today, For today, I'm continuing my dive into all 133 FBS college football programs. Uh, continuing that today with the Navy Midshipmen. Last year, they went 4-8 and eight in 4-4 four and four in the AAC. Um, looking into their schedule for this season, they open up the 2023 season uh, week zero against Notre Dame. So uh, in, in Dublin, Ireland, um, uh, something that will be exciting, obviously, for everyone involved. I know the game is sold out. will be a heck of an environment, I'm sure, and a lot of fun for everybody uh, involved. Then looking at the rest of their schedule, uh, they have a week off for week one. Then they return home, play Wagner, and then they have uh, start conference play at Memphis on a Thursday night. Then they have USF. After another week off, then they have USF. Then North Texas at Charlotte, Air Force at Temple, UAB, ECU at SMU. Then, of course, the last game of the year, uh, they play Army in Foxborough. Massachusetts. So their non-conference schedule being Notre Dame, Wagner, Air Force, and then Army. Two of those games in neutral sites, obviously. Um, and then the others. Uh, looking at Navy, obviously a uh, interesting transition now after the departure of uh, Ken Niamatiolo as the head coach um, who was there for 15 years um, just did a tremendous job there but it was time for a change uh, and the new head coach is Brian Newberry he uh, steps up he served as the uh, defensive coordinator for the midshipmen over the last four years um, and, and I know he's respected by so many in that program and at that university and I know it's going to be uh, interesting moving forward and, and, and I have to add that I think He's a good hire because of what he did with that midshipman defense. They finished third nationally last year in run defense, less than 89 yards per game. And they they were, of course, tops rushing offense. They always are. But what the defense did uh, the, the past couple years with him in charge uh, was pretty remarkable. And he's a heck of a coach. Um, Going to continue on, one of the new things I'm implementing in this uh, series is uh, a look into um, each program's stadium. And Navy plays at uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, which seats about 34,000. Um, it's a uh, place host to the Military Bowl as well. Um, of course, Navy is well named, well known, I should say, for the brigade of midshipmen before the game. It's a, it's a one of those sites that you need to see before uh, if you're I myself am a stadium traveler it's one of those bucket list type things to see 
a game in Annapolis, um, just uh, with the pride and pageantry that takes place at, at the Naval Academy. Uh, another another new thing that I'm implementing is a coach on the rise for each program. And the coach that I'm choosing for Navy would be Grant Chestnut, who is the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. And uh, uh, Grant Chestnut, he's in his first year at the Naval Academy. Um, but he he served at uh, – he was at Kennesaw State where he's the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach since 2014. So he was there for a long time. And for those of you who don't know, Kennesaw State has really risen quite rapid, rapidly as an FCS program, and they will be joining Conference USA in the 2024 season. Um, but he, he ran an offense that was one of the tops nationally at the FCS level, running the ball year in, year out, something obviously that Navy is going to look to continue to do. Um, and that's one of the things – uh, for him, moving forward, is how you implement the option offense with the new rules that are being put in place in college football. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes and where he goes from there. He was a very successful high school coach before he moved up to Kennesaw State. But the reason I put a coach on the rise because of what he did at Kennesaw State, how that program r rose quickly due to that coaching staff and the wonderful offense that he ran. And now he's at the Naval Academy looking to implement uh, that same type of offense. Um, so going into a breakdown of each position, I do it by position-based. So start offensively. With new OC Grant Chestnut calling the offense, a bit more passing could be on the horizon. Uh, Teddy Gleaton made major strides in the spring and has a good arm. Uh, that's a, and then uh, Xavier Arline and Ty Lavatai both started games last year and will be in the mix. Xavier Arline is also on the lacrosse team, so he didn't really participate in the spring. Ty Lavatai did not participate in the spring either because of some injuries. So Teddy Gleaton got a lot of work, and he looked pretty good doing it. Um, he's got the best arm out of all of them, and of course, being at Navy, he can run the triple as well. Uh, I I expect this offense to to uh, obviously with personnel they're going to continue with that option type offense, but I expect to see uh, some more shotgun sets option wise um, this season. <clears throat> uh, the running back room is always full. At, a, at any of the service academies, and that's true at Navy. Uh, fullback Dabo Fafana had a very good year in 2022, over 800 yards rushing, and he is he's the top guy returning. And then, of course, you have slot backs, Brandon Chapman, Fabian France, Anton Hall, and Amir Haas all provide good depth at that position. You look at the receiving core uh, has seldomly been used at Navy since the early 1990s, but they'll get more work this season. I'm, I firmly believe they're going to look to uh, do some different things, especially with the changes in in the rules in college football. I think they almost kind of have to um, with the chop blocking and and, the, and and other rules that have been implemented. <clears throat> so, Jaden Umbarger is the best receiver on the team. And he's great at running reverses. Navy fans have even uh, coined him Mr. Reverse. 
Then there's also Kamari Williams and Nathan Kent will also be utilized in the receiving core. <clears throat> you look at the offensive line, they were returned seven of the top ten from 2022. You got right guard Joshua Pena, right tackle Sam Glover, and left tackle Connor McMahon, Mc, McMahonhan all return. This is a there's a bit more youth now on the two deep than in years past. Um, but still a good core group returning uh, to really uh, do some things for this offensive line, obviously with the way Navy plays and is going to continue to play. Um, having that <clears throat> deep rotation at offensive line is going to be needed. Then you look at the defense. Uh, Navy will have one of the best, one of the top defensive lines in the AAC. All three starters from a group that was third nationally at stopping the run, return. Uh, they they gave up 88.9 rushing yards per game last year, which is tremendous. Uh, defensive end, Jacob Busick, nose guard, Donald Bernard Jr., and defensive tackle Clay Cromwell could all be all AAC members by the time the season ends. Uh, that's how good this trio is um, and on the defensive line. Then you look at the linebackers. The loss of both outside linebackers from last season does sting, but Will Harbor, Colin Ramos, and Johnny Woodson-Brooks are all stout on the inside. They can interchange each other. Jordan Sanders, Kenneth McShane, and uh, Xavier McDonald should play key roles on the outside. <clears throat> so that trio on the outside just has to get a little bit more experience and uh, – They'll get it as the season progresses, obviously. I mean, of course, you know they're going to be disciplined being at a service academy. And uh, to stop the run, they're going to need to do so, obviously. The secondary returns intact for the midshipmen and uh, are the most improved unit on the defense, according to uh, uh, DC, new DC PJ Falker. Uh, cornerbacks, Mabadi Williams Jr. and Elias Larry, and safeties, Evan Gibson and Rayon Lane the third. Should all boast should all boost the pass defense numbers in 2023. Obviously, with the run defense being as good as it was, teams went to the air. And and of course the AAC, especially in the past, has been a very pass heavy league. Uh, with some of the departures, maybe that'll change a little bit. Uh, but still this has been a pass heavy league nonetheless. So the the midshipmen obviously need to improve that secondary. And their new DC said in spring ball, he felt like they improved pretty significantly. And then you look at the special teams, the kicking roles should belong to the kicking role should belong to Evan Warren. And then the and punter Riley Reifman is currently the all time punt leader at Navy. So they're in good hands there. And then watch Emin Hassan returning punts. He averaged almost nine yards per return last season. That's, Pretty impressive from that position. And then for me, final analysis, in my opinion, uh, there's there's optimism in, in Annapolis. Anytime you got a coaching change, there's some new excitement. And uh, that was kind of needed uh, with the Navy football program. Uh, unfortunately, the change had to be made, but it, it was time. Uh, with a new staff and a more manageable schedule in 2023, Navy has an opportunity to have a winning record and make a bowl game this season. Um, there, there's plenty of optimism, and then when you look, you look at the schedule. 
there's an opportunity for them to to uh, get to get to that bowl game level. I, I think I think the AAC, especially the middle uh, the middle of the pack in the ACC, is very similar. I think there's so many teams that fit into this 500-ish level, and the Navy falls into that. So I I think there's going to be there's going to be some real battles between the middle of the pack teams. There there's a pretty clear upper echelon of teams, uh, but that middle group is really comparable, and it's just going to come down to some of those little things in games. And I think when you look at a team that's going to be disciplined like Navy, not not be not uh, have penalties, hopefully not turn the ball over, um, being disciplined as they should be, I think that favors them in this sense. Uh, if you can control those things that they can control, then I think that they can get over that hump against uh, a, a fair share of the teams on their schedule. Uh, like I said, that 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 pack. That middle pack in the AAC, I think, is going to be very close this year. It's a very even league, uh, and I, I, I like the way it looks moving forward. And I think Navy has a real opportunity moving forward. Um, again, with a very, very stout run defense, they just have to get that passing defense up to par, and it looks like they're going to get there. Um, that opening game against Notre Dame obviously isn't easy, uh, but <clears throat> you might as well get it out of the way in, in that in that case, um, but it'll be a fun opportunity for everybody, all the Navy fans and Notre Dame fans to go to Ireland and have a lot of fun with that. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in, listening to uh, my latest installment in my college football breakdowns. I uh, hope everybody has a good night. God bless.